Welcome to the Run Slow Car Part Podcast. I am your host, the world's okayest runner, Brandon Podgorski, and I want to know how many of you are training for a fall race right now. And I wonder, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Are you strong? Are you making improvements in your time? Or have you been training for the past 8, 10, 12, 16 weeks, however long it's been, and you feel like you just plateaued, or your legs are heavy, or your body is tired? Well, if that's you, you need to listen to this episode, because I would bet if I would go and look at your training, you have not taken any recovery. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about rest and recovery and how it's going to improve your performance. But before we get to that, first, let me welcome you to the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast. This is a podcast for the back of the pack runner. If you cannot leave the race expo without spending $300, if you only stretch once a year, if you have ever ran a race in a banana suit, then you are our people. Each episode, we will feature a topic cover training, nutrition, health, or just general running slash endurance sports information. Honestly, most of these topics just come to me in the middle of the run, but I sincerely want to hear from you. There's two ways you can get a hold of us here at Run So Carb Hard. First is on Instagram. It's the only social media we're on. If you go to Instagram at Run So Carb Hard and let us know what it is that you want to hear, what topics that you think would be interesting. If you want to join the show, hit us up there or shoot me an email, runslowcarbhard at gmail.com. It'll come right to me, your host, Brandon Podgorski, and I will make some arrangements, get you on the show, talk about a topic you want to talk about, answer whatever question. Remember, I'm not a professional coach. I'm not a professional runner. I'm just uh, a dad and a husband who's out there on the trail with a full-time job just trying to do my best. And that's a conversation that uh, I've gotten into in the past couple weeks with um, a relative of mine and, and my wife. You know, it's great that we put all these um, accolades and all this attention on the world's fastest marathon runners. I mean, to be able to run a marathon in a little over two hours is remarkable. Or or to be able to do an Ironman in in eight hours is remarkable. And those people receive, uh, deserve all the platitudes that we give them. But I would really like to see medals and awards for somebody who has a full-time job, married, has at least one kid and can get, you know, maybe an hour workout in in the mornings or in the evenings. Maybe they're able to do one or, or two long runs a month. And they're out there uh, uh, on the roads and, and in the races, just kind of busting it and just doing their best. Those are our people here at the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast. That is who I'm talking to because that's who I am. So hopefully the stories we share and some of the advice I share is going to be going to hit the mark with that target audience. But Boston qualifiers, world champions, you're welcome here. And especially you professional runners, you're welcome here because you could help donate and help raise money for kids. And that is the reason why we're doing this podcast. Not only do I want to share my love of endurance sports, but I am using this podcast as a way to raise money for the Outward Bound Trust. See, I got this crazy goal of running all six of the Abbott World Major Marathons. In this October, I am running the London Marathon as a charity runner for the Outward Bound Trust. 
And the Outward Bound Trust is a great charity. It takes kids and it puts them in the great outdoors, especially kids who might be considered at risk. And it teaches them leadership skills, teamwork skills, um, self-determination, um, self-confidence, all these great things that we get from going into the great outdoors and overcoming challenges that we never thought we could overcome. Hey, that's us, right? Back of the Packers, that's who we are. Well, that's what this charity does and that's why it struck a chord with me. So, you professional runners, especially those who just did uh, Ironman uh, Ohio and Lake Placid this weekend, and you got those big uh, checks for winning, you know, if you want to steer a little bit of that money to the kids, you could do that. We're not going to say no. However, hey, listen, I understand. Not all of us are in the spot where we can uh, where we can donate, and that is okay because you can still help. You can help in a number of different ways. Check us out on Instagram at RunSlowCarbHard, and just like, comment, share our post. It helps with the algorithm and gets us in front of more people. That's an easy way to do it. Also, if you listen to this podcast, and I mean, obviously, if you're listening right now, you're helping, but help share this podcast because the more listeners that I get, the more ad revenue that we can uh, we can get through this show and the more that money goes right to the Outward Bound Trust. Remember, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, and, and thank you, the last podcast did a really big number for, for us. Now, other people would look at it and, you know, I mean, if, if Joe Rogan did those numbers, he'd probably... <laughs> close up shop tomorrow. But for us, it, we did a, a pretty big number on the last episode. And, and I sincerely thank you because I, I got to share my reason for why I run. However, the more listeners that we can get, the more ad revenue that we can raise. And, and I know how we feel about uh, listening to ads. And that's why I just have the one at the very beginning of the podcast. But I get paid for the number of listens that we get, and that money is going to go right to the Outward Bound Trust. It does not come to me. I do this podcast for free. This is a labor of love. Any equipment that you see, and if you're checking us out on Instagram, seeing the video, you see it's very, it, it's just awful. It's not well done at all. It's just my phone on a makeshift kind of little, I don't even know what to say. I've got a couple cardboard boxes that, that it's on, and I've got a couple plastic crates that my computer is on, and and my microphone is on. You can see this is not high quality production, but we do our best because I love endurance sports and I'm trying to raise money for kids. And as I think about what are my talents, you know, I love talking into a mic. I've been on radio since I was in high school. Now I'm in my 40s. This is what I feel I do well. You could be listening to this and disagree, and that's cool with me. Just be, you know, be nice on Instagram. If you're going to be a jerk, I, I am going to block you. But, you know, some constructive feedback is okay. But this is what I feel I do well. I love talking about endurance sports, so this is my way to help out the Outward Bound Trust. So here's what I want you to do. If you go to the show's description, so you're on Spotify, you're on Apple, if you're listening to us on the web browser, you can see the show show's description right there. You will see a link for my Just Giving page. Click the link or, you know, copy, paste it into your web browser. Go to my Just Giving page. Every donation helps. You're not paying for my flight. You're not paying for new shoes, clothes, any of that hotel. That's taken care of. All the money that you give at Just Giving goes right to the Outward Bound Trust. So if you're listening to this, please help us out. Give us a donation. Or if you can't, if you would share this show and get others to listen, we would sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. All right, well, if you've been listening to this show for some time, and hey, this is our 13th episode. I, I'm shocked we've made it this far. But if you've been listening to this episode for some time, you know, before I like to get into our topic, I always like to give a shout out to a past race. And this week, I am giving a shout out, if you're checking us out on Instagram here, 
to the New York City Marathon. I've got my poncho on, I've got my t-shirt on. I'm gonna stand up so people on Instagram can see right. the back of the poncho here. I know this makes for really great radio. But the New York City Marathon, and I've got two funny stories to share with you before we get into our topic today. But first, I want to talk about the New York City Marathon. Listen, if you haven't done it, and you know it's hard to get in, you need to probably do the lottery or, or be at a charity runner or get a sponsor's exemption or whatever. Now, a lot of people run it, but I understand it's difficult to get in. Listen, this poncho that you get, it is worth it. Right? It's worth the, the money and the, and the frustration and the hassle running the marathon just for this amazing poncho. I mean, you can see it's, it's lined and, you know, it covers my ugly bald head pretty well. Um, however, this week we've had some rain here in northwest Indiana. And I've had to, you know, we, we got new grass into our yard, so I don't want my dog going out in the yard and, and ruining the new grass seed. So I've had to walk my dog, you know, about a block down the road um, for my dog to be able to do his thing. And this poncho has come in handy. It keeps me bone dry when it's wet. And it is, it is warm. I mean, you can see it's insulated. It is really, really warm. So here in the summer months, in fact, I'm going to take this thing off because I am sweating up a storm um, in the summer months you know it's a little bit uncomfortable but it keeps me really really warm so if you haven't done the new york city marathon you got to do it but i have got to give you my experience from the new york, new york city marathon again for the back of the pack this is a back of the pack podcast so i'm going to give you experiences from the back of the pack so the new york city marathon um i'd never I'd, i don't think i'd ever been to new york city i think that was my first time ever going to new york city so the marathon starts in Staten Island, and then it ends in uh, Central Park. So, you know, we're, we're in and in Man Manhattan there. And our hotel was in Manhattan, and it was maybe, I don't know, two and a half, three miles from, um, from the finish line. Well, if you've ever ran the New York City Marathon, um, it's not easy to get to the start line. And I had read up about that and some tips. So I leave crazy early that morning from um from my hotel in manhattan in, in manhattan and my wife was still asleep and we're standing by uh grand central the grand central station there not too far so that's where i'm gonna go to to catch the subway and i get there and i realize oh crap i left my race belt at home so like my nutrition my my cell phone my wallet my hotel key all that stuff what am I going to do with it? Because I, I don't, my, my shorts didn't have pockets. I'm like, oh no, I cannot believe that this happened. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. What do I do? Oh, and I left my watch. Of course, I, I left my watch at home. So I had no idea what pace I was going to be running. Um, I had no idea how I was going to be able to carry everything with me on the run. So I'm like, oh crap. And you know, it's six in the morning. Now, the great thing about New York City is you can buy just about anything in the world about any time that you need to. So I'm in the gift shop there at Grand Central and they've got a, a money belt, you know, like a, a traveling money belt you might wear while you're on vacation and you can kind of tuck it. You, it has like a belt on it. Now it's a real kind of flimsy belt, but it's got a belt on it and you can kind of tuck it into your pants or something. I said, hey man, this is it. I'm just gonna have to use it. So I buy this money belt and Okay, so problem solved. However, this thing does not fit tight like a running belt does. You know, it's going to be flopping around. So I had to like stick it down for the race. I had to put my stuff in it and stick it down like my actual tights. And so I have it like right up against my butt. So extraordinarily uncomfortable to start off with, right? And so then take the subway and you take it to um, 
the ferry. So you take it to the Staten Island ferry and you got to stay there in the station and you got to wait till the ferry comes. So, you know, by the time I get there and, and wait in the station, it's probably been about an hour and a half. Okay. Then you got to take the ferry and you go through the harbor to get to Staten Island. It's kind of cool, maybe about a 30-minute ride. And you pass the Statue of Liberty, and there's a lot of other people. And, um, you know, it's time to kind of relax a little bit, sit down, talk with other people who are about to race. So it was kind of cool, but it's still another 30 minutes. So there's two hours right there. And then finally, you get to the Staten Island station, and it is packed. I'm talking butt to elbows packed. And there's this long, long, long hallway to take you to buses that are going to take you to the start line. So we're only halfway through our journey. And I was in that station for probably at least an hour and a half. I mean, just cram packed. And you can imagine with runners, I mean, one, we're already anxious. And two, I've had a lot to drink. I've had a lot of water. I've had a lot of Gatorade. And there was not really a bathroom in sight. So extraordinarily uncomfortable. And we're on our feet waiting this whole time. And so finally you get through there and you get to um, these charter buses and the charter buses are going to take you um, to uh, this like military base where, where the start line is. And I finally get to a charter bus and then it's like another 20, 25 minutes on city streets and stop and go to get to the start line. And by the time I got to the start line, they were getting ready to close the corral. So there was no time to really warm up and get going. Um, so I put on my RunKeeper app so I could at least try to listen to my pace while I was running. Um, but the first three miles were just so extraordinarily uncomfortable because the, the race belt really sucked, just kind of like bouncing around there uh, on my backside. Um, I, I'm trying to get the RunKeeper app to, to work, and I can't get it to work with my, with my music. I'm just frustrated. So finally, about three miles in, I finally get things going, and, and I start kind of um, getting my pacing. And I, I knew I was slow at this point. I knew I was going to – there was no way I was going to hit my goal time. I'm like, all right, Brandon, it's just been a, a bad start. Um, and it took four hours just to get to the start line. Um, so it's been a bad start. Hey, let's, let's just kind of, you know, ease in here a little bit. And, and I did. You know, I, I started easing in. And, um, you know, about mile eight started feeling good. And, and you know, you get out of uh, Staten Island. And um, getting into Brooklyn felt really, really good. Um, at the half, half marathon mark, I'm like, okay, I feel good. I'm not, I know I'm not going to hit my goal. I'm not going to hit my goal time, but I'm feeling good. And I probably went out a little bit too hard because then you go over um, a bridge and, I, and I'm trying to Queensboro Bridge, I think is what it is. And, and by the time you get off of it, you're about mile 16 And this thing. I, I'm sure it, I, I'm exaggerating, but this thing felt like it was a mile long, just like straight uphill. And I knew when I got to the top and I crested the hill of this bridge and I don't know, we're about mile 15 at this point. I'm like, I'm in trouble. And even though the downhill on the bridge is just all downhill and just let inertia do its thing and get to mile 16, I'm like, I'm in trouble. This sucks. <laughs> I, I went too hard. I was not ready for this type of a climb. This really sucks. And sure enough, I got to mile 16 and I knew I was in trouble. I still had 10 to go. Um, so those last 10, I just blacked out. I, I don't know how I finished. Um, it was just, uh, you know, by the, by the grace of God and probably, uh, I mean, just a crap ton of Gatorade. Um, but somehow I, I did finish. But that is not the end of the story of the New York City Marathon. So I finished, and again, I'm way, way back. I don't know. I ran 530. It was just a horrible, horrible day. So I finally finished. Um, and I couldn't find my family. There's another, once you finish, it feels like there's another walk uphill out of Central Park and dumps you out on, onto one of the city streets there. And I couldn't find my family. Could not find um, my, my wife and, and my mom, and I think my mother-in-law were there. Couldn't find them. 
um, at, at all. We said we would meet at a certain place, I think, and um, we just, you know, I, I could not find where the family um, get-together was. So, you know, I'm like, okay, great. Can't find my family. I'm exhausted. I just saw a city park bench, and I had made the decision right there that, you know what? This is where I'm going to sleep for the night, and I'm probably going to die, and I'm okay with that because I've just ran a marathon. I'm exhausted. If I die here in New York City, you know, my wife and I, we had a, uh, we had a good run of, of a few months in marriage. She's hot. She'll move on and, and find somebody else, and I'm just going to die here happy on the city bench. So that's kind of what I resigned myself to at that point. Um, but thankfully, there was a guy walking, you know, a bunch of people, and there was a finisher who was um, walking across, and I just asked him, like, hey, man, can I please, please use your cell phone? Because mine had died at this point. So not only can I not find my family, but my cell phone has died. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, my wife and I, at that time, we'd been married, I think, five months. And, you know, how many of you actually remember anybody's number? How many of you ever dial anybody's number? Like zero. There, I'm, I'm sorry. There's nobody listening to this where you actually still dial somebody's number, right? And I'm kind of an older guy. I grew up with, you know, I there were rotary phones when I was a kid and certainly, you know, the push dial phones when I was a kid. I don't ever dial anybody's number. I don't know anybody's number. I didn't know my wife's number. Had no clue what her phone number was. But I knew my mom's cell phone number because she has had it forever. And I remember having to dial that when I was younger. Um, so I ended up calling my mom and thank God she answered this random number from Colorado from the cell phone this guy got me. And I was able to get in touch with my wife and said, hey, I'm at this street corner here. My legs physically cannot take me anywhere else. I'm going to sit down and I need you to come find me. So she comes and finds me, had to sweet talk a cop to let her through the street to come get me. And so, all right, now we need to make the two and a half, three mile trek back to our hotel room. Um, and so we start the trek and we can't get a ride. It, we couldn't hail a taxi. Um, we tried to get an Uber, waited for 20, 25 minutes. Uber was caught in traffic. And so couldn't get a ride. And we're like, uh, and I was like, Laurel, I can't move. Like, I can't walk to our room. I have no idea what we're going to do. We're just going to have to sit here and just figure something out and wait or, you know, let's just walk into the middle of the street and I'll, I'll get hit by a taxi and at least that'll stop it and maybe make me feel a little bit better. <laughs> and uh, so that's, we just kind of walked around. And again, by the grace of God, um, a limo pulls up right beside us. And, and I'm not kidding. This is a crazy story. Um, limo pulls up and this guy said, hey, do you guys need a ride? Obviously, we look lost. You know, I got this poncho on that you could see in the Instagram video. And I look like death. My wife's probably a little bit nervous. He said, hey, do you guys need a ride? I'm like, yeah. And he said, 50 bucks. I'm sold. Now, what this poor guy didn't know, I just spent $2,000 on that ride, right? But he said, 50 bucks. I said, sold. Let's go. So, you know, we get into the back of the limo and I'm just spread out. And at this point, I'm like, okay, for all the crap that I've had to go through today, this is my reward. I'm getting a limo ride back to my hotel and I'm sitting in the back of this limousine. Well, we're maybe about a mile away from our hotel and something happened in traffic where this guy, um, a, a taxi driver, some other driver wouldn't let him over into a lane or cut him off or something. So our limo driver speeds up and then goes diagonally into the lane to the left of us to block off the lane, slams on his brake, stops the car, jumps out of the limo, goes to that guy's car who 
cut them off or, or sideswipe them or whatever. I don't remember. It starts pounding on the window and cussing them out and blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking over at my wife and I said, we're going to see somebody die. I'm like, we're going to get the full New York experience. I think, well, I think we're about to see a murder right here. <laughs> I'm sorry. New York's fine. I, I know I'm making fun of it, but um, not everybody in New York is a murderer. But I thought this guy was going to murder the car, uh, guy driving the car. And he, you know, he says his piece and knocking and banging on the guy's window and then gets back in our limousine. I'm kind of a little freaked out. I'm like, man, this guy's a little bit hot-headed. What's he going to do to us? And, you know, he looks back at us. He's, he's just like, man, I'm sorry. But, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And these guys are crazy out here. And I, I didn't do it to him. He did it to me. And blah, 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 blah. And normally I wouldn't have a problem maybe kind of speaking up and trying to, um, you know, diffuse the situation a little bit. But at that point, you know, I was on my deathbed. And I just said, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. Just get us to our hotel. Get us to a hotel, 50 bucks, and away we go. So... New York City Marathon, man, run it at your own risk. Um, it wasn't my favorite race in the world. It was not my favorite race experience in the world. But my wife and I, we still to this day um, laugh about that experience. So shout out, though, to the New York City Marathon. It's iconic. Got to run it. Got to check it out. Um, there you go. <laughs> All right, I said I had two funny stories for you, but this podcast is going a little bit long, so I'll save the next funny story for later. But if, again, go check us out on Instagram, at RunSlowCarbHard, and you can see my reel from uh, this past Monday where I had a complete dad fail and locked my keys in the car when I was going out for a run, dropped my kid off the kid's room at the YMCA and had to run home, get keys, and then bike back. But We'll talk about that another time. Check it out on Instagram because I want to get into our topic today and we're going to talk about recovery. So the title of today's episode is Race, Recover, and Repeat. And we can put rest in there as part of that. But I really want to talk about recovery because sometimes when I think we say rest, um, it kind of conjures up in the mind that, hey, I'm just going to sit on the couch, put my feet up, and not move. That, that's not the type of rest that I want to talk about. Um, more kind of maybe active recovery is what I want to talk about. And so as I open the show and I talk and I ask, you know, how's your training going as you're preparing for fall races? Um, is your body feeling fatigued? Have you really been training hard, but now you're getting to the point where uh, maybe you get diminishing results or you just don't feel like getting back on the trail? You know, it's possible you could be overtrained. Now, we talk about burnout, and overtraining and burnout are not the same thing. Burnout is when you get to, I mean, there's a physical state to it, but especially an emotional state where you have no joy for what it is that you used to do, and you don't want to do it anymore, right? That's burnout. So a lot of times we say, man, I am just burnout. Well, not really. You're just you're just tired, right? Um, in As we're thinking about training physically for some type of race or type of some type of event if your body is just tired and you're worn out and you don't feel like you could do anything else um, you know you don't feel like you could do this training session today you're probably a little bit closer to overtrain than you are burnout so burnout is when you're done you're at the end of your rope i cannot go any further don't want to go any further overtraining is when you have train 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 have not given yourself a chance to recover let your muscles grow 
you know, start to um, see the, the benefits of some of the gains from your training because you've just been pushing it so hard so far that, you know, your body's just starting to break down and your mind's just kind of starting to go with it as well, right? So that would be overtraining. So that's more of what we're going to talk about when we're thinking about recovery. And again, I, I, I'm not going to use the, I'll use the term rest just a little bit, but I really want to stick with recovery. And when I'm talking about rest, I'm kind of talking a little bit more about active recovery. Now, there are some of those days and you are the only one who knows this, right? I cannot put them in to your schedule. Now we put them into our, our training plan, rest days, um, but you're the only one who knows like, hey, today, maybe I'm not going to run. I'm just going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for a bike ride, or I'm going to do something else because I just need to kind of mix things up and get away from it. And then there's other days where, yeah, you kind of just need to sit on the couch or just kind of lay in bed or just kind of Netflix and chill, whatever it is you need to do. You're the only one who needs to do that. But I want to kind of get away from the idea of rest is just, I don't do anything, right? Um, we still want to stay active, but at very, very low intensities. If you think of like uh, intensities from zone one to five, one being very, very easy, your heart rate, you know, maybe like 60% of max, we're zone five, we're at 85, 90% of max. We're talking like sub zone one, all right, with, with recovery. As we're thinking about recovery, we can put it into a, a couple different places into our training. So. One, and I talked about this a long time ago in a past podcast, do not go into a race without some type of training plan, right? There's a lot that you can get offline and they're all great. And a lot of them have rest and recovery days um, as part of them. That would be fine. If you're working with a coach, hey, even better. If you develop your own, that's great. Um, but you need some type of plan if you're going to be racing in endurance endurance sports and so let's start with yearly recovery right and so after a race period this is a great time for you to transition right allow the body and mind to rejuvenate before you begin another period of training and what I've heard as a rule of thumb is you know I'm training for the London Marathon and I've been training you know for for months at this point and the rule of thumb that I've been told by by a physical therapist um, is however long your race is, however many miles, that's how many days you should take off afterwards if you've been training, 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 training. Now, obviously, that's different for everybody. For professional athletes, they can't do that, right? And, and they're so much more structured. Um, they're in better shape. The recovery methods are better, so different thing. But I think for us back-of-the-pack athletes, middle-of-the-pack athletes, recreational athletes, you know, taking time away from pushing it so hard. Because, you know, if you're a professional athlete, the only thing you have to do is your sport, right? Rest and recovery is part of that. It's put into your training. There's no real kind of other stress on you other than maybe kind of some, um, you know, promotional things that you may have to do. You know, for us, kind of just kind of normal recreational back of the Packers, you know, we got life. We got work full-time jobs and maybe we volunteer and we're working with our kids and, um, you know, we've got spouses we want to take care of and, and um, you know, our kids are in things and, and there's just not a lot of time to do stuff. So not only do we have the stress of training, but we have the stress of life. So once you're done with your race, my recommendation, take time off. And what you're going to find, and I found this in all the long runs or all the long races I've done, half marathons, marathons, half Ironman, is, you know, about, you know, about seven to 10 days after I start feeling better. I, I start feeling recovered and I'm ready to get back after it a little bit. But that first run still sucks, 
right? My legs just feel heavy. So even though you might feel recovered, your body is still recovering from all that stress because, you know, for a lot of us who run marathons or even a half marathon, you know, a half marathon, you may never reach 13 miles in your training. For a marathon, you never reach 26 miles in your training. You know, that 13 mile race or that 26 mile race, 13.1, 26.2, all right, for, for those of you who are specific, um, might be the first time you've ever gone that long. So take time off and that first run, first training back, bike, swim, whatever it is, is gonna suck and that's okay. Listen to your body. So I'm giving you general overview advice today on recovery, but it's specific to you. You listen to your body and do what your body is telling you to do. So we got yearly recovery. After a race, take some time off, rejuvenate the mind, rejuvenate the body, go do something else that you enjoy doing. And it may not even be endurance sports. It could be something completely different. You know, if you're into quilting, get back into quilting for a little bit, right? Um, refresh your mind and your body. And then we got monthly recovery, right? So let's just say every third or fourth week, we are going to have, um, let's call it a transition week, right? And these are regular periods of, of reduced workloads. Um, they could be three to seven days long, just depend on, on what you did in those previous weeks, um, your fitness, and then, you know, other factors as well. So I am this week, I am back in the training. I just had a recovery week last week. And I call them transition weeks because I'm transitioning into a um, more intense um, portion of my training schedule. So last week for my transition week, I didn't just sit around right? Um, I played some basketball. I did the elliptical. I did a little bit of light weights. Um, I was working out in my yard, walking the dog. I still stayed active because I didn't want to completely turn into a couch potato um, because I'm going to start to lose a little bit of those fitness gains, right? I didn't want to do that. Instead, I just want to refresh my mind, refresh my body and get me mentally prepared as much as physically, but mentally prepared for these next four weeks leading up to the London Marathon. And my training these next four weeks are, are brutal, like my training schedule is just brutal for me, um, at least. And I need to get ready for it. I needed to get my body ready for it because my mileage is up and up. It's going to go up quite a bit here pretty soon. And I'm starting to do a little bit more tempo as well, right? So I need to get myself ready. So monthly recovery, we'll say like once a month, every three to four weeks, put in what I'm going to call a transition week. And then weekly recovery. So within each week, there should be hard days and there should be easy days. Not even elite athletes train hard every day with no recovery breaks. And I'm really fond of the Instagram handle run for PRs, R-U-N number four P-R-S. Um, they do a nice job. They're talking about the 80-20 principle where like 80% of your runs should be easy. And then 20% of your runs um, should be, you know, hard or, or moderately difficult or, or tempo runs. Right? Because we actually see more gains um, with some of those slow, easy runs. Our, our aerobic endurance starts to increase. Our muscular endurance can start to increase. So if all you do is hard, 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 you know, your, your body can only do so much, especially us recreational athletes. Now, again, this is not for the professional athletes. You professional, highly fit, highly trained athletes, you guys can push it a little bit more than us kind of back of the Packers. So in your weekly schedule, put in some hard days and some easy days. So for example, for my week this week, Monday, fartlek, right? About an eight mile fartlek run. I'm gonna put that on, on kind of moderate to, to moderately hard, 
right? Then on Tuesday, all I did was lift, right? Now I lift hard on Tuesday, but for me, you know, I've lifted for a long time, even though it doesn't look like it. I've got the body of of kind of a skinny fat runner, but um, lifting isn't that stressful to me. I'm just kind of used to it, even though I'm lifting pretty heavy right now, at least for me, right? Um, So I put that kind of more kind of moderate, right? Easy to moderate. I'm off my legs, at least pounding the trail. And then yesterday was a hard, was a little bit of a harder day because I was doing tempo repeats. But even in my tempo repeats, it wasn't just one long six mile tempo run. I would do 12 minutes at race pace, walk three, 12 minutes, walk three, 12 minutes, walk three, right? Uh, today, today's going to be a really hard workout. Today, I'm doing hill repeats um, in, in zones four, right? So a little bit higher zone, but I'm only doing it for about 30 minutes, right? And then I'm lifting hard after that. Today's going to be a hard day. Tomorrow, really easy day. Stretch, right? Recover from these past four days of training. Stretch, because then on Saturday is when I do my long run, and I'm probably going 14 miles on Saturday, and then Sunday I'll recover. So you can see, you know, there's the the yin and yang of it, if you want to call it that. I'm going to go hard some days, and then I'm going to go easy. If I just went hard, 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 especially with all the other things in life, with, with the job and, and a family and, and everything else that you know, I'm juggling in the air, it'd just be way too much, right? So not only is it good for my body, but it's also good for my mind to kind of do some of those um, easy days and hard days. And then you know, think about daily recovery as well, you know, especially if you're gonna do two a days, but even if, even if not, even if you're just doing one workout a day and thinking about daily recovery, you know, if you wanna do some foam rolling or, or get a stick and do some rolling, do that. If, um, like I've got a, a, an issue with my foot right now, I've got a Morton's neuroma in my foot, I got some nerve issues going on in my foot, so I ice my foot. Um, back when I had a bigger tub, I would put ice in the bathtub, fill it with water, and then kind of soak myself after a real long run to recover, right? Or maybe it's just giving yourself like a self-massage, or even better, if you've got a partner who's willing to do it for you, have them do it for you, right? So make sure, you know, you're getting a little bit of daily recovery in your training as well, right? So recovery, really important. you think about what we do to our, or how muscle builds and how it grows in the body. You know, you work out, um, you're, you're tearing all those muscle cells and you're breaking them down and then they grow with proper nutrition and proper rest, right? And, and proper, rec- well, let's say proper recovery, not necessarily just resting, sitting down, but proper recovery, right? So we're going to see greater muscular gains. We'll see greater aerobic benefit gains and it's just going to keep you fresh mentally as well. So recovery, really important part of your yearly, monthly, weekly, and daily training. All right, so now this is the point of the show where we do our question of the week, and this is the interactive part of the show where we will post a question on our Instagram page at RunSlowCarbHard. It's the only place you can find it, and we will read your responses on the air. I will do my best to try to get through as many as possible, so the more creative and more funny you are, the better chance you have of making it on the show. And remember, we're talking about rest and recovery this week. So on the question of the week this week, again, Instagram at RunSlowCarbHard, I asked, what is your favorite cross-training activity? Non-running, or right, or non-biking, non-swimming, whatever it is. 
activity. So we want to kind of get away from whatever um, we're training for and that we're doing all the time constantly and doing something else. I said I like to do basketball earlier in the show. Crown of Laurels commented, Pio, P-I-Y-O, Pio. You guys heard of that? Uh, it's great for core strength and flexibility, she said. So I think it's kind of a mixture of Pilates and yoga, core strength, flexibility. Sounds like something all of us probably need. So thank you, Crown of Laurel, so much for your comment. And if you want to be a part of the show, then go to Run Slow Carb Hard on Instagram. Answer our question of the week every Monday. Um, you can also leave a voice message if you go to our show's webpage. So it's in the link there in the show description if you want to leave us a voicemail as well. All right, and just like a six-hour marathon, the long and slow march known as the Run Slow Carb Hard Show is over. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please be sure to give us a listen on Spotify. It's a great platform for podcasts, and it helps us raise more money for the Outward Bound Trust. But you can also find us on Apple. We're just happy to have you listen. To learn more about the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast, give us a follow on Instagram at Run Slow Carb Hard. This podcast is part of my fundraising effort for the Outward Bound Trust as one of their charity runners for the 2022 London Marathon. To donate, please visit the link in the show's description. And remember, with God and a good pair of running shoes, all things are possible.